A lot of people miss the goal of content marketing. You want people to follow you, see you as an expert, and eventually convert to a customer because your audience is confident in your knowledge and they feel like they know you. They could work well with you. The problem that brands often run across is that they talk about everything. So they're known for nothing. You see, that can be solved though. It's totally solvable. Content themes can solve that. With clear content themes, you identify four topics that you talk about and you find your content differentiator. What makes your POV on those topics different from someone else's? That's how you stand out. In today's episode, I'm talking with Ben Saylor, formerly from CoSchedule, and he talks about how he used content themes to make CoSchedule really stand out from the crowd. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Tiny Marketing. I'm Sarah Nallblock and I teach small marketing departments that are tired of feeling overwhelmed and under-resourced how to build and manage effective and efficient marketing strategies that work for them. Get ready, it's time to dig in and get a big impact with your tiny team. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do you think that you could introduce yourself to the audience? I think I probably can. My name is Ben Saylor. I'm currently the content marketing editor uh, for WordPress.com here at Automatic. So I've been here for about a month. Previous to joining Mm -hmm. Automatic, I was at CoSchedule for about six years. And most recently there, I was the inbound marketing director. Um, so things are still pretty new here at Automatic. It's been really great so far. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I learned about you because I love CoSchedule's blog. And so I just started stalking you on LinkedIn a little bit, like a normal human. <laughs> and then eventually we ended up chatting on there. <laughs> Casual stalking. Nice. Well, thank you. For the uh, kind words about the CoSchedule blog. Yeah, I spent uh, most of my time at CoSchedule working on the blog um, in various capacities. And yeah, I'm I'm really glad to hear that. <laughs> and also, yeah, I, I know that the, the CoSchedule blog will continue to be a good resource you know, for people, you know, well after, you know, my, my time with it is, has, uh, has passed. Yeah, what stood out to me about it was how specific it was. Everything was through the lens of productivity, project management. And that's what I love is being able to think about things in terms of the processes it would take to be able to establish that. And that's why I wanted you to have I wanted to have you on this show so you could explain how you came up with that just killer theme and that content strategy that was so narrow, but still so broad. It, it was really through a very specific lens that I respected and I <laughs> emulate. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Before we get into the serious questions, though, I want to get to know you a little bit better. Sure. What is your happy song? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Andrew WK's Party Hard. <laughs> and tell me why. It's, it's a timeless classic <laughs> very uplifting very deep and you can party hard while being yes, deep. it's very um there's a lot of layers to the, the meaning <laughs> in the lyrics um 
no, I just, um, when I think of happy music, my mind just goes Sandra WK, you know, it's his, uh, and positivity in general, just kind of being his, uh, his MO, but yeah, that'd be my choice. All right. I am uh, making a playlist of all my guests' favorite happy songs. So I'm adding that right after this so I don't forget it. Nice. Nice. Yes. All right. Let's get into the meat. Can you explain what a content theme is for anyone who might not know? Yeah, for sure. So I think that like so many different terms that we use in content marketing, I think a content theme or just that phrasing is something that I think a lot of different people could use to mean lots of different things, potentially. It could be like a recurring theme that is consistent across all of your content, like something that's that may be like an underlying message or angle or perspective that's always present throughout everything you publish. Or it could be much more literal, where maybe you run a campaign or like a series of content that um, is all focused on, you know, one overarching um, theme or umbrella topic. So I don't know, like, I think that how you conceive of a content theme maybe just kind of depends on what that term happens to mean to you or to your organization. It's not something that like, I feel like I've heard really defined or maybe commonly used in like super concrete terms. But I think for the scope of this conversation, I think we can think of a content theme as being you know, so- something that kind of underpins everything you publish, you know, like what's the, the, the story or the, the perspective or the, the angle that you kind of approach, you know, everything that you, you publish. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's important to have these content themes established because no one's going to go to you as a resource if you're not known for anything. Mm-hmm. So if you narrow it down to these four topics, these are the ones that I know, like the back of my hand, then people will Mm -hmm. start to think about you when they think about that problem. And it eventually leads to the sale. But without those content themes within your marketing, you're just yelling into a void, I I think. Yeah, it can be really easy to try to be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. Um, But that approach is definitely going to lead to publishing a lot of content and might even be really good content that's just detached from your product, that's detached from any sort of problem that anybody would buy your product or service to solve or improve or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I want to expand on that. So the workshop I was telling you about before Mm -hmm. this call in it, I was defining how to create a content theme, and I, I created this graphic that was a Venn diagram. It's basically, what problem does your customer have? What solutions mm-hmm. does your product or your service solve? And what's in the middle? Yep. And that's really where your content themes need to lie. Do you have any formulas or rules that you go with when defining your themes? Yeah, it's a good question. So you've actually kind of summed it up pretty well. You know, where does your product and your customers' needs, like where do those things intersect? I think from there, like you still have some work to do to maybe get a little bit more granular or make things more specific, right? So if you think about 
let, let's just take co-schedule as an example. And we'll just take maybe one product or one use case from them. So like, so okay. let's say you offer content calendar software. Content calendars aren't really your theme, right? That's not really the, the problem. That's the tool. That's the solution. Right. So from there, though, you could start asking yourself, okay, well, what are some of the things that people use a content calendar for? What are some of the problems that a content calendar solves? So maybe that starts, like, like some answers you might land on from there might be editorial planning, getting organized, creating a content schedule. Like there's dozens and dozens of different themes or different things that, you know, people might go looking for or different terms they might use or just different things that they might use a content calendar to help them achieve or to help them get done. So from there, you could probably start bucketing, you know, maybe some of those, I don't know what you might call them, like subtopics, different problems, different use cases, mm -hmm. like however you kind of want to conceive of it. You might start grouping those things together and ask yourself, like, well, what's really the overarching, you know, like umbrella term or topic or theme that kind of um, buckets all of those things together. So um, that might lead you to, oh, man, I just feel like this is not going to be super easy to understand, but maybe it's um, like, maybe <laughs> yeah. like content management becomes a thing, a theme, maybe project management becomes a theme, maybe content planning becomes a theme, but really what you're looking for is like a very high level topic that you can fit lots of smaller, more granular subtopics underneath it. And those are really going to be the things that you create content to kind of target that all kind of align underneath one broader theme. And then of course, that's everything that you publish. And that's also going to inform the perspective that you, you come at that content from. So I don't know, does that make anything clearer at all? No, it actually does. You're selling yourself short. So I'm going to sum up what I heard and let me, let me know if I'm completely off base and I heard the wrong thing. But you start off with the questions on how your product is solving a problem, why people are coming to your product to solve the problem, and the questions that are around that. From there, you can start to think about these subtopics. And then you go backwards. Within these topics, you can group them together into the themes so you kind of reverse engineer those content themes and you move from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good way of, of summarizing it. You know, like with everything, you kind of start start with the problems your customers are facing and start with the questions they're ask, ask, asking. <laughs> um, yeah, and then just kind of go from there. But yeah, I think that's that's a good way to sum it up. And then your your themes are like, what is the highest level descriptor of those things collectively uh, that you can arrive at. Yeah, that makes sense. So why do you think it's important that brands have these content themes? Yeah. So I think the first thing I would say kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like if you don't have like themes in place or just like areas of topical focus or just like whatever, how, however you want to think about it. If you don't have mm -hmm. something that's kind of guiding you know, the, the content that you're going to create or something to kind of put some parameters on things, you really do run the risk of just trying to be all things to all people uh, instead of being the right thing for the right 
people, you know. So if you're yeah. taking uh, like like a marketing software company like CoSchedule, for example, if you were to just consider the entire wide world of marketing as being fair game, like you can talk about anything related to marketing in your content, that's going to open you up to just an overwhelming number of things you could potentially be creating content on. So you have to like narrow it down. Like what are the things that are actually most important? What are the things that are actually most relevant uh, to the product, to your customers? And then kind of go from there. If if you don't have that that kind of focus, you can spend a lot of time just going down a lot of really weird paths and just burning a lot of energy, uh, creating a lot of content that might get a lot of eyeballs, might bring a lot of people to your site, but it's probably not going to ever convert any of them into a customer. I think it can get kind of fuzzy though. Like I think where things get confusing or just people just kind of start to feel like some of this stuff is just, or it can feel like it's hard to know like how far away from like your core use cases is too far away, you know, for like your content. Mm -hmm. And there's not necessarily like, there's not always like a clear answer to that. But I think like one question that, you know, we would try to ask ourselves at CoSchedule is just like, would someone who would buy this product, would they care about this thing? But beyond like, would they care about it? But would our products play any role in making that thing easier? Yeah. And I think like those two questions can really help you like weed out things that maybe you shouldn't really be, be talking about. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not going to sell something, if it's not going to lead people down the path to buy, then what's the point? You're right. spreading yourself too thin. You're spending too much time on marketing that isn't going to have an impact on mm-hmm. on revenue. And that's all that really matters in the end is revenue. Right. I mean, it's like, so obviously like your product is built to serve a certain set of problems. Your content should be focused on that same set of problems that, yeah. that your product uh, is is meant to serve. It, it gets much more complicated <laughs> than that, obviously, once you actually start kind of diving into the weeds of things. But that's probably like the easiest way I can think of to maybe explain like the best way to think about it. If there's just no possibility of someone using your product to do a certain thing, just maybe consider that to be out of bounds. Yeah, I think that a lot of people fall under or into the trying to please everybody mm-hmm. instead of actually wanting to repel some people. You want to have that attract and repel. Yeah. Your audience is your people. They are the people who would buy your product. Right. But too many people are just trying to attract without that repel piece. <laughs> Yeah, I think especially like for startups, like it can be really easy to just think of your ideal customers being anyone who's willing to give you money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that more often than not just kind of gets you into trouble. Yeah. I think another piece of that too, though, is like as a content marketer, you might have limited, if any, input into helping your organization really get clear on its own product market fit. But I think as a marketer, you need to do the best you can to have as clear of an understanding as what you can attain of what your product market fit really looks like, which is always subject to change. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like when it comes to content themes, like 
and determining what a content theme should look like. Most of the questions that marketers should be asking themselves really don't have anything to do with content at all. They have much more to do with uh, your product and your customers. And those are really the things that you should come to understand first. But if you kind of approach things that way, then a lot of other questions will start to answer themselves much, much more easily. That makes sense. I mean, you need to, before you sit, you sit down and do any copywriting content, any marketing, really, you need to understand your mm-hmm. audience and how they interact with your product, how yep. your product solves their problem. And without that piece, you can't just go in and create all of the content in the world that doesn't that it won't have any impact it's useless right yeah and it can be tough too particularly in 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 startup environments because so many of those things can be in flux right and so like you might be learning what your customers need from you at the same time that you're trying to figure out how you can educate them so there's always going to be some of that that push and pull and you might not ever feel like you get things perfectly right, but that's fine. That's marketing. Um, it's testing. <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty common for marketers to kind of like look at people that they perceive as like thought leaders in the marketing space. And they just like see people that they think just have all the answers to everything. And that's almost... No, they've just tested a lot. Right, yeah. Like, knowing how to ask the right questions is as valuable or, or more mm-hmm. valuable than having the right answer. Yeah, I think that right there is a good point overall. If you have the right questions to ask, you can figure out anything in marketing. Mm -hmm. You just need to have those right questions first because you, as the marketer, you're not going to have the same insights as the product manager or whoever else that's the CEO. Mm -hmm. If it's like a service-based company, you need to be able to ask those right questions and probably be a good interview person where you can get the get the right answers out. Yeah, I think that's like definitely true. Even if you don't have like you could have an average skill set, to be honest. You don't necessarily even need to be the best marketing practitioner. If you know how to get at the answers that you're looking for, like that that is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, you're right on. So is there anything else that you wanted to share before we wrap up? You know, I don't think so. I guess if there's anything I could just leave off with, it's I think like if you're trying to determine what your content theme should be or how you how you would even begin, uh, like I said, just start with your customers and start with your product. Those two things will, they'll, they'll tell you what your content needs to address. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, work backwards from there. How can everybody find you online? Where do you hang out? Um, I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. Um, so if anybody wants to look me up, um, that's probably the best place to find me. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you have your notebook out and you're jotting down ideas for your content themes and what makes you different. What is your differentiator? Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're watching or listening to this and join me next time. Hello, and thank you for joining Tiny Marketing. I help tiny marketing departments create consistent content that builds trust with their audience. But 
done-for-you content marketing at sarahnoelblog.com. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app. See you next time, friends.